Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to the Cliff Notes Podcast. I'm your host, Clifton Grooms. Um, on this special episode of the podcast, we're going to be looking at week six of the Missouri 8-man football season. Devin and Anthony join me once again. We are going to talk about the um, the week six poll, and then we're going to break down a few of the big matches in 8-man football, including Drexel and Archie. King City at Rockport and Stanbury at North Andrew. But before we go to Devin and Anthony, real quick, real quick shout out to our sponsors and contributors to the podcast. I want to give a shout out to, the, of course, the fine folks at Tolly and Associates. Also want to give a shout out to Nikki Grom and the team at Bards Roofing. Also want to give a shout out to David Jen Schoberl, Ron, Rob and Stacey Astuter, and Patrick Lyle Insurance there and the team there. Uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and let's preview week six of the Missouri 8-Man football slate with Devin Albertson and Anthony Crane. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome everybody to a very special edition of the Clip Notes podcast. We are on week six of the high school football season. We are looking at week eight in the world of Missouri 8-Man football. And to do it with me, ladies and gentlemen, his return to the podcast this week, Devin Albertson. And always, every single week, please welcome to the podcast, Anthony Crane. Gentlemen, welcome back. Good to be back. Yeah. Not sure if I'll be here next week. <laughs> yep, well, we'll play it by ear, definitely for sure. We always find a way to make it work. So um, all you got to do is let me know on that. So, um, gentlemen, before we talk about um, the week six, let's go back for week five. Um, what are what were some of the big, big games, um, um, maybe interesting statistics or any, like, any, anything other than, Notable things in week five that you guys would like to talk about. I think Anthony's game there with the Platte Valley Albany with Albany winning by two points is probably the biggest game last week. And then also his game on Saturday for EA Rockport with EA winning by two there late. I'll let Anthony kind of start here first with the games he watched. Yeah. Yeah. The Albany and Platte Valley game was really good. Uh, about what I expected. Uh, a few more touchdowns, than maybe I thought. Uh, the offense has had a little, a little more success. Uh, moving the ball than I thought they might going into that game. Um, you know, the, the injury to Carter Luke was a big, big story there late in the first half. Um, but, uh, you know, really it was impressive the way Platte Valley kind of rebounded uh, after halftime. Uh, marched right down the field, took another 14-point lead. Um, then Kemper Klein did his thing, and they came back. Um, but, yeah, I walked away um, impressed with what Platte Valley was able to do um, with their best player hurt, uh, their offense uh, did some things that you know I wanted to see from them. I wanted to see some things outside of Carter Luke, and I think they showed they're capable of that. Uh, for Albany, uh, it's it's another learning experience for them. Uh, you know, while they got the win, of course, um, it it's been two weeks where uh, they gained a lot of experience in these close games. Uh, the Worth County game, uh, they kind of controlled for the most part. Um, and, and this game was different. Um, they came out slow, uh, rebounded, came back, came out of halftime, and same thing. Uh, they let Platte Valley get ahead, and they came back again. Um, so you saw kind of two different teams, um, but in the end, again, it was a two-point win, and uh, I think that experience will help them down the road. Um, and I think with their offense, uh, what I saw is, again, they kind of struggled to run the ball against uh, a stronger defense. Uh, same with Worth County. They really struggled there. Um, but when they throw the ball, uh, they, they know how to move it. And it also gives Kemper Klein room to 
kind of see the field. Um, got a great arm, and if not, he has more space to run the ball. So it's kind of a, a win-win there uh, when you have one of the best quarterbacks in the state. But, yeah, really good game. And then Saturday, a lot closer than I thought it would be. Um, mm-hmm. I think Rockport's probably improved over the year. Um, I've been told they kind of went back to the Rockport-style offense when um, they ran the ball well. They have some good running backs. And so that's kind of what we thought going into the year. Um, they would be a pretty good team in the 275 um, because of that talented backfield. Uh, and those guys made plays. Uh, just uh, uh, scored a little too quickly. Um, and EA moved the ball down the field. Uh, uh, fourth and 12 play. I love a kid that's like, hey, give me the ball. Uh, and Spinato did that. And he, you know, tricked the Rockport defense. You know, he told me afterwards that uh, he told Barons that, hey, pitch the ball or let me be a quarterback. They'll think I'm running it. Throws it up. Um, and, you know, 14 seconds uh, in that Rockport offense, hard to move the ball down the field quickly. Um, yep. and so, yeah, it was a really good game, but, you know, Rockport will be fine. Um, I think they're going to, you know, be that fourth team in the 275. And for EA, they have a lot of things they need to work on before that final season matchup with Platte Valley. Yeah, absolutely. Echo Anthony's statements there. I think, as you were saying there with Albany, with Kimber Klein, being able to spread the teams out, and then when he can either dish it to receivers like Burton or Porter Davis with a lot of speed, but also it gives him – room to be an athlete in space there where he's very dangerous as well. So um, I really like Albany, what they're doing this year. I'm excited to see what they do versus North Andrew, who's going to want to play in a phone booth as well uh, later in this year. Um, and then big win for EA, rightfully win, uh, coming back there late. So big win there. My game last Friday was LeBlanc hosting Archie. And LeBlanc came out, played really well in the first quarter and a half. Uh, took a 22-8 to lead, I believe, early on there versus Archie. And a couple short fields there for him. Uh, Landon Gardner was doing some superhero stuff. The kid's really good at football. as is a Corral kid at receiver. Hit a couple of deep passes to him that were really kind of fun uh, to watch them kind of go to work there. Um, but eventually throughout the game, Archie's D-line just took over that football game. It's a very physical football game, too. Archie, really, the difference between the South and North last few years has been the line play and the physicality up front. And Archie looked just as big as, as physical and quick up front as I saw from North Andrew and then Worth County versus LeBlanc County. It was a very similar feel. I think LeBlanc felt when playing Archie there. Because um, Brock Smith, he's a guy who plays DN for Archie. He is a top five at minimum DN in the state, along with Chittum and Weir and a few other guys I'm not thinking of right now. Across the state, he's a very good football player. They had a sophomore came in, played very well for him. A couple other guys who are just their stalwarts there. There's a really good football team. Ryan McIntyre. Ran for over 300 yards. He's a stud. Um, him and Gardner had a few big-time collisions in that game. I know that Coach Davis and Coach Smith both shared on Twitter that they looked every bit of film as big as they did during the game, watching it live there. So I was intrigued by that. After that 22-8 lead for LeBlanc, I think Archie outscored him like 46-8 to the rest of the way there. So um, just an impressive performance there by Archie in the last two and a half quarters to control that game completely. And then the other game I want to mention here is just the way Worth County beat up on Albany, uh, beat up on King City there after losing Albany last week. That was an impressive performance by Worth County to bounce back and play with their hair on fire. Uh, so credit to Worth County for that big win. King City, they got to bounce back this week in a big game versus Rockport. Yeah. We'll talk about that King City-Rockport game here in just a little bit. But uh, first of all, I want to run down these. Uh, we'll be, we're going to get our preview on week six. And the first thing that we like to do when we, we, we preview the new week is run down the media poll that was released on Monday 
morning. Um, remaining at number one this week is at North Andrew with four first place votes. They are five and zero oh on the season. Albany with their big win over Platte Valley, like Anthony talked about, moved up from four to two this week. They also received a first place vote. Archie is at three with two first place votes. They remain undefeated on the season. Platte Valley is four. Drexel is up five. Um, they're still winning without Jacob Coffin. They also received a first place vote there. Worth County is at six. East Atchison and Orc are both tied at seventh. North Shelby is ninth. And then tied for rounding out the top 10, tied at 10th is King City and Lockwood. Both teams are three and two on the season. Others receiving votes include Stanberry at 12, St. Paul Lutheran at 13, and then also tied for 13th is Stewartsville Osborne. Gentlemen, now we're getting into some of the big games on the schedule. And now um, we're going to go outside Northwest Missouri for this first game. But it's obviously, it's the big eight-man football game of the week here. It is Drexel and Archie. Um, Devin, you just talked a, bit, a little bit about Archie and their win over LeBlanc last week. We also talked a little bit a couple weeks ago about the injury to Jacob Coffey. But, you know, with, despite that injury, they've been able to remain 5-0 and on the season. So, um... Gentlemen, your thoughts on the Missouri eight-man football game of the week? Yeah, for Drexel, um, Coffee's out, so they've moved Billy Lau from their slot receiver into quarterback there, and he's played decent well. He's got over 300 yards passing now in the last couple of weeks and about 300 yards rushing as well. He's a decent athlete for them, and they're using him a little bit more than they have in the past. He had a big game last week versus Rich Hill. Um, Mike Munter is there back at tailback. I moved him kind of from a tight end role back to the backfield with Coffee out. He's getting another little power running game there out of the backfield they hadn't had before there for Drexel. So, and of course, the Dave Ringer kid's a really good player on the outside for him still. So, um, one thing with Drexel, even if their offense isn't great now without coffee, it's still going to be really good. And that defense is still going to fly around there with not only Mike Hunter, but his younger brother TJ, Peyton Popwell, Jackson Kid, Jaeger, Dave Ringer. Um, they just fly around. They make plays there on defense for Drexel. And so, I'm intrigued to see what they do versus that RG offense is very high powered. I mean, Briar McIntyre, we talked about him quite a bit here, uh, but the kid's just really good. I mean, he has, as the other stats pulled up, I think he's a little over 1,300 yards of total offense this year. Um, he's got 600 yards rushing, another 880 yards uh, rushing, uh, sorry, 600 yards passing, 880 yards rushing. So he's got over 1,500 yards in the season, 31 touchdowns. The kid's very good at what he does uh, there in the football field. So I'm intrigued to see. What he looks like versus that directional defense. I think RG playing LeBlanc last week was a good game for them to kind of get their nosebleed a little bit early on. They have to bounce back and get and be sharper rushing that game. I think it'll be good for them to play Drexel this week after doing that last week there. I think Archie's favored in this game. Um, but the way that Drexel plays, especially versus Archie, Archie is this is their third year and eight man. They're 0 and 4 right now versus Drexel. I know Jacob Copy has a big thing to do with that. Um, but Archie still needs to get over that hurdle to beat Drexel down south before they can. Um, advance and move on to play some teams up north and kind of prove their uh, merit versus them. Yeah, what he said. Um, <laughs> but the only thing I'd add is, and we, we talked about this a little bit earlier, is I think it's, a, it's an opportunity um, for Drexel to kind of see how um, how to handle uh, Archie without Jacob Coffey. Um, you know, while there, there are some teams that are creeping up on Drexel now that, you know, they don't have coffee, you know, uh, Liberals improved, Appleton's improved, Lockwood. Um, I think, still think Drexel's a bit ahead of all of them, obviously. Um, so you're looking at another district title that goes through those two teams. Uh, and while maybe there's a chance Jacob's back, um, 
I, I probably wouldn't count on it just because um, it's such a tight window there. Um, so this is a good opportunity to see how they will handle Archie um, for that rematch. Um, and just, you know, I think it's big for them to play well. Um, like I told Devin earlier, a 20-point loss is a, is a bit of a win for Drexel in this one, I think. Yep. Um, so I think that's a, it's a good chance for them to kind of get a preview of what they'll see in that district title game. Yeah, and uh, that game, you can also uh, watch it on the Missouri 8-Man Football Facebook page. You can watch the game if you're not able to make it out to Archie for that bowl game. Next game that we're going to be talking about is the game that Anthony is going to be at. Also, uh, Tommy Rezach from KFEQ is going to be there for St. Joseph. Uh, that game will be on stjosephpost.com. Is Stanbury at North Andrew. Usually, you know, these are two of the uh, the Blue Bloods. And eight man football. Um, we all know what North Andrews done. I we all had a chance to see North Andrew live this year. Um, they're they're good as advertised. Um, Stanbury, you know, despite starting one and two, they bounced back with a couple of wins in a row. So, um, usually every every year this is a big game on the schedule. So, um, gentlemen, your thoughts on the 2022 edition of Stanbury versus North Andrew? Probably not going to be close. Um, no. I think this is a – it's not a game that is overlooked uh, by those kids in Rosendale. They uh, they do not like Stanbury at all. And I think the talent advantage is weighed heavily in their favor. Um, so I, I, you're not look, worried about them overlooking this game. Uh, Stanbury is, um, or at least so far, uh, they've been average – you know, they, they've lost to the good teams and they've taken care of business against the teams that are uh, below them. Um, and I think this will be another one of those games where they're just outmatched um, physically. Um, you know, Hayden Ecker didn't need to play last week. That team still scored almost 90. Uh, he'll be back this week fresh. Um, and so I, I think North Andrews really going to take care of business here. Uh, and they kind of need to. You know, their schedule has been fairly light so far you know they took care of LeBlond um, but they haven't really been tested yet and this is a good uh, a good warm-up game for the Albany Worth County games uh, in back-to-back weeks yeah I think it's gonna be a very similar thing to talk about with Archie when they played LeBlond they able to kind of resharpen kind of deal they had an off week there in week four because the Northland game got canceled so I think this would be a good week for them to play a team that's going to show some resistance there I mean Stanbury has some good players Lance Wallace is a pretty good player up front. They still have a really good backfield there with Sheber and Cam- Gavin Cameron back there. They both – I think the only team in the state right now with two guys over 600 yards rushing this year with Sheber at 850 and Cameron about 610 on there. So they have two good backs back there. They just don't have the line play they've had in the last few years to kind of mm-hmm. withstand the beatings you're going to take from the GRC team. I saw over the King City game. They just kind of got wore down and mentioned that game because King City was just so big and physical up front. And they're going to see the same thing with North Andrew – you saw it with Albany. They're going to see it with Worth County. So, I think Stanbury, that's what's keeping them from getting to that top edge of the GRC this year. It's just the line play isn't as good as it has been. And maybe that'd be a less of an issue, a different conference uh, with those two backs. But in that conference, it's really hurt them uh, with that. So, I think North Andrews is able to uh, wear them down like than everybody this year. I mean, they did it versus King City, who's a really good defense front there uh, for them because North Andrew is just going to fall forward. They're going to push on you. They're going to lean on you. They're physical and they're just going to do what they do very well five to eight yards at a time. And it's just going to wear you down. Eventually you're going to look up and like, well, we're down 50 to 20, guys. 
thing. Yeah. <laughs> like so, and I think that's that's the strangest thing about Stanbury is their defense has been bad. Um, yes. You know, offensively, I know you don't have the big guys, so maybe it's not as easy to get mm-hmm. that push. Um, but they still have a lot of good athletes. Um, they can play defense, and it's just you know I know Lance has been dealing with a bum shoulder. Um, but you still have some guys, so it's it's a bit strange to me how poor they've been defensively as well. And then the next game, the, the next game that we're going to talk about a little bit. These are two teams um looking to bounce back. Uh, we mentioned it um a little bit earlier. Um, King City is at Rockport. King City looking to bounce back off their loss to Worth County. Rockport looking to bounce back off their close loss to East Atchison on Saturday. Um, gentlemen, your thoughts on this matchup? Three yards and a cloud of dust. Yeah, I'm saying if you like running the football and good defense, this is the game you want to go to on a Friday. Um, King City, they're not going to be flashy. Their defense line is very good. I've been very impressed with the guys up front there, whether it's Landon Jackson, um, Levi Hiddle, Chase Moss, um, and all those guys in company there. Uh, with Ty Mooney and Pulliam also playing really well there on defense for him. And Jacob Boone, um, they have a very good defense front, and their front six to seven is really good. They struggle a bit in pass coverage. I don't think it's going to be a big issue this week versus Rockport, a team that also doesn't air it out a whole bunch on there. So this game might end pretty fast, even though it's a low-scoring game, just because the clock's going to roll. It's going to roll so fast on there. So um, I'm interested, though, to kind of see how this is a good gauge matchup for two teams. I think Rockport's probably the third-best team in the 275. King City's probably the fourth-best team in the GRC. Just kind of interested to kind of see the crossover there to kind of see where the middle of those conferences kind of – lie a little bit there with it. Both these teams have played DeKalb um, this year as well, kind of a common opponent. Rockport was week one. They struggled a bit. At times with DeKalb, they struggled away. King City rolled in that one. So I think King City's a favorite in this one, just because I think their D-line's a little better than Rockport's. But Rockport has some good guys up front, too, with Micah Makings, who plays D in the running back form. He's a good player. And the Jared Hunter kid's huge up there up front for Rockport as well. So I'm interested to see how they do with that. I just think King City will wear them out eventually and get a win here. But this game will be, I think, closer than it has been over the past few years. Uh, I think Rockport's a little better than they have been over the past three or four years. Yeah, especially because Rockport, um, they weren't out-physicaled uh, despite playing a bigger EA team. Mm-hmm. I still <laughs> – it's hard for me not to see King City kind of rolling in this one. Uh, you know, Maybe like a 20-point pin. Uh, just because I think they're just – boy, they're so big and physical. And if you can't spread them out and throw the ball, um, it's going to be tough to beat them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I do I do imagine it be a good game for a while. Um, but I think like, um, you know, like Worth County the week before, I think maybe that beat down that King City took last week could be a pretty, pretty big wake-up call for them as well um, because they've been playing well. You know, they – Hung with North Andrew in that week one and then kind of got rolling and then uh, ran into a bit of a wall. Um, so I think this could be a bit of a wake-up uh, game for them. Uh, and, you know, I guess we might as well mention it uh, since Devin brought up a crossover. Uh, moving forward, the GRC and the 275 are going to do a crossover every year. Um, so that would be fun. You know, I know some of those teams play each other anyways, but this would be – the entire conference crossover. It'd be more structured crossover where it's like a given couple weeks there in the season, like, hey, 
this is the 275 GRC crossover games because the 275 will have two open dates this going forward instead of just one. Um, and one last thing I wanted to mention there was just the King City. If Stanbury's running backs and Sheber and Cameron couldn't get loose versus King City, I just don't know if Heron and Makings will be able to for Rockford on there. The reason Stanbury came back in that game is because they aired out a little bit late there and hit some big plays um, through the air. So that's where I'm kind of coming at with that King City Rockport game because look at King City, they slowed down North Andrews rushing attack, which that's about as impressive as anything that anybody's done all year, holding them to 28 points. I know there's some turnovers involved there, but they they hit hard. They forced turnovers to kind of deal with that as well. So that's interesting. And as Anthony said, I'm really intrigued by the 275 GRC crossover games. And based on what I've heard, one team from 275 is leaving for a different conference. And then also um, LeBlanc is not going to be a GRC member, but they're going to help out with the crossover games because there's still an odd number of teams for each conference to kind of help even things out a little bit there. So that's good for LeBlanc too, because they get some guaranteed games in there as well. I know scheduling as an independent can be difficult. So I think it's good for them as well. Um, I just hope it doesn't take away good games we've had in the past. For example, and Archie LeBlanc, I hope it doesn't take away from that game kind of deal on that. And I don't think it will. I think it just helps um, the teams up north kind of get a structured schedule each year. So you don't have to be trying to scramble to find games. That was always kind of tough. I know North Andrew had a bye this week. This year they didn't want. Stanbury has a bye this year. And they're trying to kind of get that eliminated here going forward. That's a big piece of news you guys dropped right there. I, I'm actually that that's actually really intriguing. You know, I do like the idea of the GRC Highway 275 crossover. I know that um I don't know if it's an official crossover, but I know in the 11 man world, the KCI and the GRC do a little bit of a crossover. And also this year in the um in the Kansas City Metro area, the Eastern Kansas League and the Suburban League are doing a little bit of a crossover. Too. So um definitely it's fun to see that you know those interconference or those interconference matchups there. So that's gonna be something to look at when we're talking 2023. So um gentlemen, um anything um before we before we go real quick, let you guys go. Um anything you guys want to plug before we get out. Just follow us on Facebook and Twitter. I mean all eight man football on Instagram as well. Uh post a lot of stuff on all three platforms kind of deal. Uh, make sure you follow the Moment Man account on Friday nights because we do reach out a bunch of scores there as well as following Anthony on Twitter if you want to see scores from North Andrew Stanberry. Um, my personal account is not very active on Friday nights. I just run the Moment Man account um, as much there. So probably gives me a relief from my Twitter account on Friday nights. I really enjoy that. Um, but yeah, and then we also have all the scoreboard updates posted there. If you just go to the pinned either post on Twitter or the pinned post on Facebook, but those have links there to the scoreboard and schedule stuff. So if you ever earnest what the scoreboard are, is on those Friday nights, I update these throughout the night there on Friday to get them updated as possible there so you guys can always find scores there as well from Missouri Indian football. All right, gentlemen, thank you so much for coming on. As always, um, look forward to talking to you guys next week. I know we, we could potentially have a big matchup down the line next week to talk about, so that's going to be a fun one there. Gentlemen, thank you guys so much. Um, thank you guys for everything you guys do for 8-Man Football, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks, Cliff. Thanks, Cliff.